And now, here's your host, Alessandra Torrezani. Jillian Romero Chavez, welcome to Emotional Support. This is so fun. I apologize because I'm not usually in this like really boring background. <laughs> I'm visiting family and so I'm in a hotel room. So if we hear, um, you know, random pool noise, I, I apologize. So <laughs> we're going to start no with worries. that. But <laughs> um, I'm so excited to be having this interview with you right now. You know, dating is something that I don't do anymore because I'm married um, with a baby, but I have so many incredible listeners who are in the dating world. And this is something I did an episode um, a few months back that was specializing in this. And it mm -hmm. was so popular. It did so yeah. well. People love to hear it. They love the advice. So I thought, okay, you know what? This is a perfect opportunity to bring up this topic again with a new fresh voice to kind of discuss what we can do with our mental health, with dating and all this. So first and foremost, Jillian, you know, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got to be such a dating specialist? Sure. So thank you again for having me on your show. I'm super excited to talk sure. to you today. I've been looking forward to it. Um, a little bit about me. So Actually, I've been an automotive executive for like the last eight years, wow. um, completely thriving in that business and really loving it, um, working directly with different car dealerships and brands, um, and really being a girl boss in my own right, like just having a I really fun that. time, enjoying that piece. And at that time, I was also in a relationship, um, someone that I believed was going to be the father of my children, my partner, everything. Um, and then COVID happened. So during COVID, I was home more. I wasn't traveling as much. Um, and then I had actually found out that he had been cheating on me the entirety of our relationship. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So wow. I was shocked. I was just shocked, devastated. Um, and what's more, it's like when you're in a situation like that, you kind of, you lose confidence in yourself, right? Oh, 100%. Like, how did you, how did I not know? I'm a smart woman. I'm, I graduated a great school. I, I was really, I was doing well in my business. I had, um, I have a great, like I pride myself in being able to really understand people. I talk to all different kinds of people in all different situations, especially yeah. in car sales. Yeah. Um, but I wasn't able to see this in my own relationship. Yeah. Some, someone that I had been with, with for three years and someone who I believed was, you know, the partner who was going to be going in the long of haul course. with me. Um, and we were close to being engaged at that point. So it was something that was just really Well, shocking. and as someone who has been cheated on before, uh, who can speak from experience in my previous relationship, you know, I think that what, what really like almost like triggers me when I hear that happen to someone is it's, it's, you're right. It's like, I'm a smart person. How did I not see this coming? Or yeah. how did I not see the signs? And, you know, I actually discovered it um, my own personal thing. I discovered it because my computer was left open and it yeah. was almost like he wanted me to see it because he was having a conversation with this girl. He was making fun of my mental illness. Like that's what you get for being with someone who's bipolar. And I just was like, okay, in what world? And the, the, I think the most like messed up part of all of it, which I don't know if this happened to you, but all the people around me that I thought were my friends that were our friends together, they mm -hmm. knew. 
and they yeah. knew that he was having this behavior and they were talking him through like being like, well, if you want to end things with Alessandra, you know, you probably need to do that before you start having, you know, another relationship. And I'm like, how did I get totally played by not only a, a, a significant other that I thought I was going to marry and have kids with, like you were saying, yeah. but also how did the people around me get away with this? And and I trusted these people crying to them and going to them. So I I I feel you, I hear you, yeah. you are seen, you're heard right now. Please continue on. Yes. No, and I did feel that. So um, especially with his family. So we were definitely um, joining families at that point in terms of holidays, shared holidays, um, building good relationships with his family, with his mother, with his, you know, in-laws, with his, um, with his um, sister-in-law, with his brother, all those pieces. Um, And I do have a feeling that they did know. And the reality is, is while I was in that relationship with him, he improved as a person. Like you could mm. see it, not only mentally, physically, professionally, because that's the type of person that I am, right? When You're I go, encouraging I'm, someone, right? I am, and I, I was providing that kind of support. And I think that's something that his family was hoping would he would continue and honor, and it didn't. But and I don't know because I can't put words in his mouth. But that was a circumstance that was just really hurtful too on that side because I thought I was building close relationships and I didn't feel. Mm protected and, and safe at that no, point. Of like, course not. In terms of like, who are these people and why are they letting this happen? And, you know, they, they told me that they were, you know, loving me and accepting me as a future daughter-in-law. Like, how does that translate? And right. it really just doesn't. Um, but yeah, so at the end of the day, I mean, I was devastated and um, I was really ashamed to tell my story at first because again, I'm a, I'm a smart person. I've been successful in my business life and career. I deal with people all the time. Like, how did this happen? Um, and then once I got past the shame of it, I was mm. actually, I, I came to a place where I was like, well, you know, I'm in my thirties. I need to start dating again because family and marriage is important to me. Um, and I still want to pursue that. I would love to come for, I would love to have children in a two parent household. Those are important things to me. But honestly, I was terrified to start dating again. Yes. I was so terrified. It's like you, you lose your, um, your confidence in being able to choose the right partner. Right. And, and you almost lose show. your identity of who you are because the person that you were was someone that was open and trustworthy and loving. And you yeah. don't ever want to bring I think that I, I this happened to me in my my current relationship where I never wanted to bring past trauma from other relationships, thinking that, oh, because that person cheated on me, then everyone is gonna cheat on me therefore in the future. And it takes a lot of work and a lot of self-work to realize you can't put that on someone else. It's not, it's not their problem. There's a huge level of awareness that it needs to occur to that. I remember early on in dating, um, right after I'd split, not so long, it was like six months. I gave it six months to start dating again. And I remember if the person that I went on a date with was driving the same car, I would get triggered. Like, oh yeah, he drives the same car. Or Maybe he mentioned that he's um, shares a similar religion as my ex, and I'm like, oh no! Like everything like that yes. would cause me a moment of panic, like like sheer panic, just because wow. I'm so nervous about being in that kind of situation again, where I had so much hurt and trauma. Sure. Um, and not only that, I mean, with with all of like dating and trying to go through it, it's also about just being aware of I could pick that same person again, right? The statistics right. show that. 
these patterns that you're attracted to might repeat themselves and what you think you're attracted to. It's a pattern that's familiar. It's not necessarily healthy, right? And that's right. something upon reflection after the breakup, after therapy, I did dating coaching, I did different things to kind of explore like why I ended up where I was because I'm a what very is dating coaching. Person. Yeah. So there's there's actually dating coaches out there to kind of help you navigate because it is so hard to understand if you're choosing a partner based on values, long-term goals, all of these things, or if you're choosing a partner based on patterns of mm. um, that you found familiar in the past, right? Wow. Yes. So maybe if you're a pe- you grew up being a people pleaser, you grew up in a family where um, your parents were divorced, and you were I'm the oldest child. I, I did grow up in a family where I was where I was divorced, so I was always a person who wanted to fix, right? Mm. Everything, fix, 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 and that brought me joy. Sure. So when right. I was when I was um uh presented with this person who was who who I who presented very much like a, a, a fully, you know, good being human being, but he right. had some things that he could kind of improve upon, like his like co- confidence in himself and his work and all this other stuff. I was like, ooh, this is something I can help with. This is something right. I can really help with. And it made me feel good, which right. isn't necessarily a healthy connection no. at all. No. Um because no. we don't want to be fixing people in our relationship. Like they need to be able to come establish, we can support them, but not fix them. So that's um, really that interesting that you did do the, the, the dating coach. And I think that that would be a great recommendation for people who are out there that maybe, or even I'm sure it's helpful. I mean, I don't know. You tell me, is it even helpful for someone who maybe has not been in a real long-term relationship before and doesn't know even what to look for, or is constantly just dating, but never settling down in something serious? Like I'm sure that there's different ways that they can help out. Oh yeah. So there's wonderful dating coaches out there. They are definitely um, on the more expensive side. So it's something to be aware of, which is why I created my technology that I did, Clara for Daters, to allow for a space where you're not having to pay big fees for a dating coach Mm. to kind of help you navigate. And Mm. you're right. There are a lot of people who don't necessarily have a lot of experience these days dating. And that's extremely true of the younger generations. So dating apps occurred in 2012, right? Like it's still fairly recent that right. these dating apps started becoming part of this world. Now imagine all these people, and I graduated around that time. I didn't mm. date a lot in college. I was really um, ambitious. I really um, was focused on my studies and I yeah. really wanted to like get that right. So I didn't really date sure. a lot. So once I hit the dating scene, I really didn't have the experience mm. or the knowledge to navigate dating apps where dating apps are just a plethora of options and you're trying to figure out what works for you. But if you didn't do the experience, the in real life experience of learning what feels good in a relationship, what a healthy connection is, it's hard for you to seek those healthy connections on a dating app because they weren't designed that way for us to seek healthy connections. It was more for us to seek just a connection, period, which is why we're just in a world that everyone's overwhelmed. You hear often we delete the apps, we re-download them, we get ghosted. It's just bad behavior. And it's because we're choosing people that we just don't, we, we're not, fam- we don't know what to look for. We're not. We're right. Not sure. And I feel like you can put on such a fake persona of who you are or what you want. And it's so much easier to catfish people too, I feel like, but, but that's, that's another topic, but, <laughs> but I feel like, but I think it is true. It's like, you can put on this fake persona of who you are and get away with whatever. And so it's yeah. like, oh, someone could be attracted to that because they look like gorgeous and they look, you know, 
pot or whatever, but is that really like the type of person there? They may be a terrible human being. <laughs> yeah. So I call that the mother of your children versus the supermodel dilemma, right? Because that's what I love you're attracted <laughs> to it. And I get that. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not um, a saint when it comes to that stuff either. Like I'm trying to figure that stuff out and sure. stay present, right? I still get so distracted by those tall boy energy vibes. Like yeah. when there's guys like that are my height that are like perfectly okay and they stay that, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's where Clara for daters comes in. So how it works is it kind of helps you rewire your brain so you're learning what a healthy connection looks like mm. and seeking those healthy connections. So basically, let me give you an example. I started dating again um, using the app in February, and this is where it's kind of helped me. Um, It's not a dating app. You're not going to meet people on it. It, It's about logging your dates. Think about it like when you're food journaling, right? And where food journaling helps you make healthy decisions on what you're eating, Clara helps you make healthy decisions on the connections that you're seeking. I love that. Yeah. So basically, um, say I have – I've been on the apps and I – lined up a date for Tuesday from a guy that I met from Hinge. Okay. Um, and he's someone that's super interesting. Um, he's not necessarily my type, but he's interesting. And he had great banter back and forth. And it's um, it's on Tuesday. I'm excited for it. So I go. Um, it is Tuesday. It's in the middle of the week. So of course, I'm yeah. thinking about work, right? Yeah. Um, and I'm not necessarily thinking to stay out late because I want to get up early. All of those kind of factors sure. play in. Um, he, I go to the date. He's super respectful. He's thoughtful. He asked me great questions about myself. Um, and the and the conversation's great. But I don't necessarily have the butterflies, right? right. Like he's cute. He has a smile. Which is dangerous I, sometimes. The butterflies can which, be very dangerous. Which is dangerous. <laughs> exactly. So I, I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, well, I don't know. I have another date planned for Friday from a guy that I met on Bumble. And he's definitely my type. So I'm yeah. kind of already thinking about Friday. Sure. Even I'm sitting in Tuesday and thinking, sure. well. Friday is more. You're not time. in the present, right? Not in the present. So anyway, I go through the day, and he's super thoughtful. Again, he he asked me right away, "When can I see you again?" All those things, and I kind of leave it open ended. Oh yeah, we'll see. Text me because I'm thinking about Friday, right? Yep. So then I go on Friday. On Friday, again, I'm super excited to go to this date because he um because I'm already I know from the pictures I'm yeah. already a little more attracted to him. Right. right? He's more of my course. Type also Friday. So I'm going to have a margarita. It's also Friday and you're like feeling it. You're excited. You're like ready. You're like, it is Friday. Yeah, exactly. It's Friday. I'm going to have a margarita. I'm going to wear that cute top that I just bought. Like I'm feeling good about this, right? I'm going to sleep in no big deals on on Saturday morning. I'm all good. Yeah. I I go on the date on Friday. He shows up a little bit late, but but he tells me that he was working and he got distracted. Um, and he, he apologized, but he said, I'm so sorry I got distracted. And me, I mean, he said he's really cute when he's telling me this. And I'm also like, well, I really love men who are passionate about what they do, right? So that's right, a good right. thing because he's passionate See, about See, for does. me, that would have already been out the door because my biggest pet peeve is people being late. I think that you should always be 15 minutes early because 15 minutes early means you're on time and anything on time means you're late. So for me, I would have been like, you know what? You didn't think about me. You should have been nervous and been there earlier to make sure to see how I got out of the car, what I look like. Am I like picking a wedgie out of my butt right now? Like, am I getting a booger out of my nose? Like, I want you to see every single detail. That's me. 
But this yeah. is Jillian's story. So we're hearing yeah. Jillian's story. No, no, no. And I, and I don't disagree with you. Normally, <laughs> that is how I feel. In a work situation, that's absolutely how I feel. But right. when he's a very cute guy that I met on Bumble. He's very tall. And he, <laughs> he's tall. And he's telling me that he got, he's so passionate about what he does that he got distracted. Like, that's pretty attractive yeah. to me. Like, yeah. ooh. Like, this guy's passionate right. about what he does. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that happens. He explains it away. He's a little rude to those, the wait staff, but it was because he told me he was hangry because he skipped lunch because of work. Oh, well. Guys get hangry, right? Like, do you see what I'm doing here? Do you see how my mind is like forgiving all of these things in the moment as it's happening? So then maybe, and then he, you know, we have a great, we have have a good date. He doesn't really ask me a lot of questions about me. He talks a lot Mm. about what he does. But again, I find that so attractive because he's sure. passionate about what he does. Sure, sure. And I love seeing people with a purpose and a passion. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, you know, he he gave me a nice big hug. He said, I'll, I'll reach out soon. He didn't really say anything else. But I was like, oh, man, I can't wait for this guy to text me. I can't wait for this guy to text yeah. me. Right? That's how I felt leaving this day. So anyway, that's kind of the scenario. And you wait now, all weekend for him to text. You wait all weekend, right? You're looking and, and we girls, um, guys but do this too. The other guy probably already messaged you to make sure that you got home safely. Exactly. So there's the difference. But but again, my brain is needing to be a little bit rewired here, right? Where sure. are our attraction? Where is it going? And what are we seeking healthy connections? So anyway, with Clara now, I actually log these dates. So mm. I, I go back to Clara. I log prospect one on the first date. Clara as um as designed with psychology design questions to ask mm. you thoughtful questions to make you think about what happened in that present time. Wow. Right. So first it's gonna ask you, how was your mood going into the date? Well, if you remember, it was Tuesday. I was right. feeling meh. So it wasn't yeah. really off to a good start anyway. Right. Um right. and then it asks you some other questions. Did you feel respected? Yes. Mm. Did you feel safe? Yes. Was your date asking you questions about yourself? Yes. Was he nice to those around you? Yes. Um, all of these questions, right, are in out of a one to ten. Um, and this is first date questions, so they're very basic. As you go on to further dates, they get a bit more complicated. But you actually see, oh man, this guy from Tuesday scored a ten. He literally scored a ten. Right. And I was gonna blow him off because I was excited about Friday, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, maybe I should think about that. And then I go and I I log Friday night guy, and I realize some of these questions, like, was he respectful of your time? No. no. <laughs> And there's no maybe. There's no no, but I can't write that in the app. It's yes, no, yes, no, and it's question out of ten, right? Was he nice to those around you? No. Well, no, he wasn't. Yeah, no. Did he ask you questions about yourself? No. Was it obvious that he was into you? No, he still hasn't texted me back, right? Yeah. So actually, seeing these two numbers side by side, I'm like, Jillian, what are you thinking? Like. Yes, I need to go on another date with this guy from Tuesday from Hitch yes. because Bumble obviously is scoring lower. So that's just a way. And Claire's, Claire for Daters is not going to tell you, you know, don't go for the five, go for the 10. Sure. But those sure. numbers, when they're looking, when you're looking at those numbers directly, you're thinking to yourself, oh man, I should really start going on that 10. So what ended up happening yeah. is early this year, I started going on multiple dates with guys that were scoring 10 that I wouldn't have gone on a second date with. And I actually had some really great relationship experiences come out of that time period. They ended up not working, but right. I was surprised and how my brain is being able to be rewired to kind of support this, this new trajectory of seeking 10s. Not tens as in hot tens, but sure. and they're still very cute. There's still chemistry, but seeking tens as in healthy connections tens. And with the Clara for daters, and when you say that you, you know, these are, you know, 
you know, questions that, that, you know, are, they start off really basic because it's obviously a first date and then they get deeper and yeah. deeper. Did you work with a psychologist or a psychiatrist with this program? How did you come up with the questions? Like how does, how did this all come, come together? Yeah, so it's a psychologist that I worked with to come up with these questions, and we wow. have them um, currently going through one, dates one through ten. And my goal is to keep creating so that I have more questions sure. to go forward. Um, but these questions are basically trying to establish physical safety that you're feeling physical safety, mm-hmm. that you're having relational safety, that mm-hmm. you're having emotional safety, that there's chemistry, and that there's yes. value shared. So those right. are the the premises of these five of these 10 questions. So each series of 10, these premises are being addressed to identify if this is true for you. Just yeah. a yes, no. Um, and that's kind of how it, how it works. And I think it's so great that it's just a yes, no, because we always love to put a but, right? Yeah. I know that there were so many, so many guys in my, in my past relationship. I mean, like I'm sounding like, like so many guys, um, but there were like a lot of dudes that I look back at now and I'm like, why would I ever make an excuse for this person? Why would I ever do this? And I think about some of the, like the worst first dates that I've ever had and looking like when I would originally be like, I would never go out with them again. Now looking back at it, I'm like, oh, they were just like really kind of quiet and sweet, you know, yeah. like nothing wrong with them. But what was I attracted to? I wanted the person that didn't want me. That's what I wanted, yeah. Yeah. you know, and that's always what happens. And so it does t- take time and perspective. And it's interesting because, you know, unbeknownst to me, like for a whole year I was single. Um, and after this, the bad relationship that I was in that I told you earlier before I met my husband. And it was funny because I met my husband three different times, three different occasions. And I did not give him the time of day because I wasn't, and it, it was over a couple months because I, it's not that I wasn't attracted to him. It wasn't that I wanted, didn't want to date him. Because when we started dating, it was like right away, full relationship, you know, and nonstop. But it was, I was not ready. Mm-hmm. I was not emotionally ready for a commitment. I was not emotionally ready to settle down because I didn't know who I was. Yeah. And I think that that's very important for people to realize and understand while it's really nice to find commitment and a partner and someone to share your life with, you need to be able to love yourself first and really understand what you're looking for. And there is no shame in needing guidance and needing help or needing Clara for daters, needing a dating coach, whatever it is that suits you. Now, I I have a question of your experience. What would you say is, since you don't work with any particular app, the I can ask you this. What is your favorite app that you would say for relationships for maybe more of a serious relationship, less of a hookup? I think um, they're very geo-based in that Mm. I feel like when I'm in Orange County, Bumble seems to be better. When I'm in LA, Hinge, Los Angeles, Hinge tends to be better. Um, And I feel like those are kind of the two that I play with. Match.com is another one that I've gone on. The hard part is, and and women who are in business and even men who are in business, like in terms of BDC and organizing leads and prospects, it's extremely difficult to like 
transition into that mode when you're looking at sure. all these different people. Cause that's, sure. that's what ends up happening is we tend to treat it kind of a little like a business. Like we have to put in the time to actually go through these messages, yeah. review, review the, let's talk, let's call them, um, your, your resume as opposed to your profile, right? right. Review the resume, right. look for key things. Which ones do I want to set up a phone call with? Which ones right. do I want to set up an interview with? Right. I mean, unfortunately as, um, the dating apps, I don't think dating apps in themselves are an evil technology. I really don't. I do think that they were an opportunity for us to get to know a bigger group of people. Mm -hmm. However, we didn't learn how to use them correctly. And I think that's kind of what we're seeing. So like in June, the Surgeon General came out with the loneliness epidemic. Like we're literally mm -hmm. in a loneliness epidemic here in the United States. And it's that was when I read it, I was like, isn't that crazy that we're literally in a loneliness epidemic when there's never been so many means of communication and connection in our history before? Like right. if we're talking about social media, we're talking about dating apps, we're talking about all these formats, Snapchat, all of them, that people are able to communicate and connect, yet we're lonely. Yeah. And my only hypothesis in that moment, hearing that was thinking, well, the value of our social social, connect, social connections are not being met in terms of having a space that loneliness doesn't, that there's not a feeling of loneliness. Sure, um, sure. And I think that's where we get in a tricky space where we're not able to like get off the apps. We're literally, literally just having these messages back and forth and then ghosting occurs and you never actually meet people in real right. life. And that's where I'm hoping with Clara, we can kind of create that empowerment that, hey, let's get to the next step. This is the first date. Let's review it. It's not going to be high intensity. It's someone mm -hmm. getting to know you. And there's different um, kind of trick, tricky things in the app to kind of make your mindset feel yeah. that it's about getting to know the person. So like, oh, for I example, that. I have you, you, you're able to categorize where you are, where you feel you are in that relationship with that person. And I mm. make it fun. I call it tryouts. But I want people to realize that in the first three to five dates, you don't know this person. No. You are not committed to this person. You have no idea. This person is a stranger, right? So right. think about it as a fact-gathering curiosity exercise where you're just trying to understand, does this person make me feel safe in all of those right. categories that I said? And does this person share my values, right? right. And that's right. kind of what we need to like look for. Well, and speaking of loneliness, I mean, I feel like with – you know, COVID triggered a whole new loneliness that no one had even ever comprehended. And I felt that, you know, even living with my husband and having family close by and all that. And, and I, I experienced loneliness postpartum. There, there's it, loneliness is something that will follow you, whether it's you're single dating or not, <laughs> you know, it yeah. just, it just, it follows. And it's, it's a really tough thing because we're always afraid to share how we're really feeling because we're afraid of being judged. We're afraid of losing our jobs. We're afraid of losing friends. You know, what is something that maybe you do that you could share with those listeners out there that you do for your loneliness? Like if you've ever felt that way, you know, for me, it's, it's, you know, trying to find some connection, even if it's me, coming on a podcast like this and talking with you or sharing my audience going live, like there is something about connecting with people that I think is so important and it helps with me. What is something that helps with you? So for me, I've always been very like data driven. Um, so it actually helps to understand the numbers for me to put it in perspective. So it's yeah. the feeling of loneliness is not so um, wane, right? Mm. So when I'm feeling lonely, 
I feel like, oh my God, this is so happening. This is happening to me and it's a big weight on my chest, right? But when I actually experience, and this is why I created Claire for Daters too, when I go and I look at the world and I join these Facebook groups or just hear other voices in this space, Mm -hmm. I realize I'm not alone. And there are other people in this world who are experiencing the same thing that I am. Um, Now, the hard part is taking that online to in real life. That's the hardest part that I've been able to figure out. Like, for example, my my closest friends and my family, they're married. So they're having a different, like the connection that I have with them is different than the connection they're having with me because they have a person. They have a partner. They have a person that they're going to, whereas I'm only getting that connection from them. And that's it. They're not there. Like there's no other person for me to go to. Right. So one of the things that I created, and this is actually, we're having our first, um, Claire for daters, build a tea party on Sunday. Um, and I'm basically creating a symposium of, um, of experts in the space of wellness, of dating, of matchmakers, all of the different people, confidence coaching so that we can all be together and kind of talk about what's going on and how we're feeling mm. about our gaining journeys, about um, how we're feeling single, how we're feeling as it even, and I encourage um, dater advocates to come because yes. my family and friends who are in relationships, they want to help me, right? Yeah. They, they do, but they just don't know how. Right. So this right. is also a symposium for I can bring them with me and say, hey, this is let's talk about my dating experience, my my journey as a single person, my individual, my individuality, how does it work? And then it also empowers them to kind of take a look and reflect on their own relationships, right? To yeah. see how they're dating. Like, are they being right. thoughtful in their dates? Have they been going on dates and, sure. and kind of reviewing those romantic relationships? But I'm extremely excited about this in real life element. Um, because I think it's incredibly important. I've invited psychology students from different universities because this anxiety, it it came out in Forbes, I think earlier this week, um, BetterHelp did a survey and basically discovered 47% of Americans are having extreme high anxiety Mm. when it comes to dating um, Mm. and their love lives. And a majority of them are coming from those generations, millennial and younger. And again, I think it has a direct correlation to the dating apps and the time that it's coming out. So well, of course, everyone yeah, having has this stress. Yeah, yeah, and you know it's interesting. Uh, I, I've talked about this with friends before, but you know, I, I think it was Hinge, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I've never been on Hinge before. But I've had friends that have had successful experiences on Tinder who have gotten married, who have multiple babies from it, like who yeah. have gotten married because of Hinge. You know what I mean? I, I've heard all the success stories from every app, truly. But one of the interesting things that a friend of mine had recently brought up about Hinge is that you can see who likes you and then you decide if you like them or if you don't, right? That's Hinge. Okay. And she was saying, she was like, yeah, you would think it would be exciting to go, oh, look, all these people like me. This is really exciting. But then she goes, I don't want to be the one that's like, no, I don't like you. I don't like you. And then she's like, I feel bad, which then puts me into a state of, I don't want to do this. This feels icky. I don't want to be the bad person. And she's like, it never feels like just organic and it's just happening. Especially if you've always been in relationships where you've never met through a dating app, it feels so foreign and scary. So I think that's something like Clara for daters. I think that's so cool that you've done this because it kind of, you know, even though the dating world online and through the apps can be very scary and very difficult. This almost will like put into perspective and make it 
more data driven and you're right. Like more like, okay, you know what? It's like a project and like, let's, let's see like what's going on it, because it is so foreign and it is so new for people. So I think it's just really great. And, and I'm just, I'm, I'm so, I'm so happy that you did this and I, I, I can't wait to hear your success story. And I love that you use it yourself. So you know that it truly, truly works. Yeah. I mean, that's, I had a problem, like I, I had a big problem personally and I wanted to see, and I went out there and I saw other people also had that same problem. And my goal is eventually if, if we choose healthier partners, right, if we choose healthier connections, then that'll do a lot of good for us mentally, physically, well-being, yeah. all of those pieces, it translates. Um, and that's, that's my goal. I mean, honestly, I really would love to see people just forming healthy connections. The loneliness epidemic is huge to my heart. Um, you mentioned people having success on dating apps. I do agree there is success, but the numbers actually show it's the baby boomers and the older generations who have better success on the dating apps. And it's because they have that experience and knowledge of dating before dating apps existed. Sure. Um, Oh, and totally. And the, the people that I speak of, the ones that met on the dating apps, they're my age. I'm 36 years old and a little bit older. And they've been on normal, like this was their first time on a dating app and they ha- it happened to work like the first person. So it was yeah. not, it's not like my younger cousin's generation where it's, they don't know anything else about a dating app, you know, yeah. and they don't know what it's like to meet someone at a bar like you used to, you know, or on a blind date, you know, yeah. you used to be set up on blind dates. Like that was a thing, you know? Um, oh. And it's a little different now. Now it's like, oh, you can search them on social media. You can, you know, Google them. You can find their financial background. You can find out yeah, their yeah, social no, security number. It. You can do all this stuff that you couldn't yeah. do before, you know? And I think that that's another thing maybe I would recommend is like, don't do too much research on someone so you can actually hear what they are because, you know, a lot of people have false, you know, uh, it's a false, uh, it's it's false. It's bullshit. Excuse my French, you know, online. Well, and, and that's where, that's where in terms of like, if you come from an anxious attachment style, right. Or a people yeah. pleaser anxious attachment style where, where it's part of that need to look for someone, look at their social media, look at, you know, background check, all this stuff early on, then yeah. I would, this isn't way. And I do, I come from an anxious attachment style, sure. especially now after my breakup, like it's just sure. been very anxious, but now I have a place to, to, divert my anxiety into Clara where I'm looking and I'm adding notes. Cause there's also a feature where I can add notes oh, cool. and I can say, this is how I'm feeling right now. Like yeah. he hasn't, he texts right away. I feel good about this or mm. he hasn't texted in a couple of days. I don't know. So it's addressing those thoughts that could, you know, be in a different place. They could be looking at his Instagram and all this other stuff. Instead, I'm putting all the information and all that energy into just into collecting information here. And honestly, Claire for Daters is a tool for everyone to become a love scientist of their own life, right? Oh, like I this is that. for you to figure it out. Yeah. So this is your tool. You're a love scientist. You're the only one who can figure out your love life. Like matchmakers are great. People who set yeah. you up are great. Dating apps are another option. But it's really up to you to figure out who your partner is and who that healthy connection is. And in order to do that, you have to become a love scientist, unlocking all the secrets of your heart. And Claire for Daters is the tool that kind of allows you to, to, to do that. Oh, I love that. And how can everyone get Clara for Daters? So it's available now in the app store. It's free. Okay. Just search Clara for Daters. Um, this is the version that I really wanted to put out there for everyone. My goal is to get as many people on there as possible. Um, I won't be charging for this version ever. This is something that I really, truly believe in in my heart. Um, it's something that's important for everyone. 
Um, but yeah, if you go on the app, uh, Clara for Daters, you go in the app store, it's there. Um, and we will be doing events and I'm opening them up to, to everyone. Um, I'm hoping yeah. to do them in different cities around California first um, and then kind of move it along. But these symposiums sure. of like connection and review for love scientists to get together and compare yeah. notes on how oh. they're figuring out their own dating lives. Oh, I love that. And Jillian, I'm going to ask you my final question that I ask everyone. Yeah. What is your emotional support? Right now, I mean, I <laughs> I didn't say this in the beginning of that phone call or of, the, of our conversation, but when I found out that my ex had been cheating on me, I was scared to leave. Like that was another mm. piece where it was like, and so many people deal with that. Um, but I knew that I had to. And mm. in that moment, I actually called my mom put her on speaker and said, mom, this is what's happening. And I said, I need to get out of here. And she said, Jillian, go. And that was how I was able to leave my ex because I wasn't, he was sitting there saying that, you know, he, he needed help. He would work on it. He wanted me to stay. He was trying to convince me to stay in that relationship. And in the bone, the deep in my bones, I, there was a part of me that wanted to, to be his savior. But then there was a part of me that said, this wasn't the person that deserved me. And that's yeah. where I had to put my mom on the speaker and tell her what was going on with him in the room. And she said, Jillian, go. And I'm just so blessed and thankful that I have such a family that can do this for me, all of my support. Um, but yeah, that, that my family is my biggest support and I'm very blessed and lucky to have them. Oh my gosh, I love that. My mom is my best friend. So I, I've been in those situations where she has... I, I've I've felt a moment of weakness being like, well, I'm going to stay. And I felt a moment of weakness even after I learned the, the, the way that he was cheating on me and the things that he had said, I still stayed. And I was like, well, no, he's going to get better. Like it's a mistake. It's lies, you know, all this stuff. And if I didn't have my mom and I didn't have the support system of family and my friends who I consider to be my family, I, I wouldn't be here today. So I'm, I'm right there with you. So Jillian, thank you so thank much. You. Thank you. Thank you. 